Hello and welcome to the Christchurch Fox Chapel podcast, the fastest growing conservative, evangelical, charismatic, Anglican podcast in the entire Fox Chapel area. And I'm joined today by the traveling curator who's returned from his odyssey. Hello. Returned from far away. Hello. Hello. And also by the finance manager of the entire diocese. <laughs> no, <laughs> Nikki, no, no. <laughs> Nikki Adams. Just feels like it sometimes. <laughs> Very popular and lots of people want to engage her services. If you are running uh, an Anglican <laughs> church and you need a bookkeeper, maybe Nikki can help. Maybe, maybe. <laughs> I may right. need a time turner. <laughs> yeah, that's right. It's, it's, uh, it's a niche that you have. It is. Cool. Nikki, would you be so kind as to read for us uh, words and not numbers? I will. Well, there's some numbers. <laughs> yeah. Oh, there are. So, yeah, so Exodus 3, verses 1 through 14. <laughs> now Moses was keeping the flock of his father-in-law Jethro, the priest of Midian. And he led his flock to the west of the wilderness and came to Horeb, the mountain of God. And the angel of the Lord appeared to him in a flame of fire out of the midst of a bush. He looked, and behold, the bush was burning, yet it was not consumed. And Moses said, I will turn aside to see this great sight, why the bush is not burned. When the Lord saw that he turned aside, that he turned aside to see God, called him, called to him out of the bush, Moses, Moses. And he said, Here I am. Then he said, Do not come near. Take off your sandals off your feet, for the place on which you are standing is holy ground. And he said, I am the God of your father, the God of Abraham, the God of Isaac, and the God of Jacob. And Moses hid his face, for he was afraid to look at God. Then the Lord said, I have surely seen the affliction of my people who are in Egypt, and have heard their cry because of their taskmasters. I know their suffering, and I have come down to deliver them out of the hand of the Egyptians, and to bring them up out of the land to a good and broad land, a land flowing with milk and honey, to the place of the Canaanites, the Hittites, the Amorites, the Perizzites, the Hivites, and the Jebusites. And now, behold, the cry of the people of Israel has come to me, and I have also seen the oppression with which the Egyptians oppress them. Come, I will send you to Pharaoh, that you may bring my people, the children of Israel, out of Egypt. But Moses said to God, Who am I that I should go to Pharaoh and bring the children of Israel out of Egypt? He said, But I will be with you, and this shall be the sign for you that I have sent you. When you have brought the people out of Egypt, you shall serve God on this mountain. Then Moses said to God, If I come to the people of Israel and say to them, The God of your fathers has sent me to you, and they ask me, What is his name? What, am I, what shall I say to them? God said to Moses, I am who I am. And he said, Say this to the people of Israel, I am has sent me to you. The word of the Lord. Thanks be to God. Thanks, Nikki. Thanks very much. So, what strikes you from this passage, folks? Anything in particular stand out? Well, yes, there's a lot. Uh, to me, the big thing is that God calls Moses and, sa- and chooses him and saying to him, I'm about to do this big thing, mm. and I'm sending you for it. Uh, yeah. And just the way that God works, like God could just do the big thing, but he, he says, I'm choosing you for this big thing and here's how it's going to work. And here's what I'm doing because I've heard my people 
and I'm going to act. I'm going to do something for them. Um, yeah, there's a pattern there, isn't there, of God involving people, flawed people, in the fulfillment of his promises. Yeah, he doesn't work in a vacuum, uh, but he works mm -hmm. through us. Always. Yeah. Yeah, that's, that's definitely a pattern that we're getting in this series already. Mm -hmm. uh, Eve, uh, she made a mistake, um, as, you, as you're doubtless aware. <laughs> if you're listening to this and you're struggling with sin, you're aware. Um, <laughs> and uh, then Abraham, who uh, I think my my friend Luke once described as a man who pimped his own wife twice. Yeah, mm -hmm. um, yeah. that's not a flattering picture. After he was called by God. Yeah. Hey. Oh yeah. Yeah. <laughs> cool. So uh, Moses is called by God to be uh, a participant in the fulfillment of a promise. It might be worth thinking a little bit about the condition, both of God's people and of Moses then at this mm. point, and, and how credible this sounds to Moses. So one, you've got his own Mosesness, which he sees as some sort of barrier to God working, but also there's the plight of the people too. Yeah. All right, the, you know, couple verses right before we started, it's God heard their groaning and God remembered his covenant with Abraham, mm. verse 24. It's like, you know, that's this groan. I can like hear it. You know, that's such a visceral yeah. word. Oh, it is, isn't it? Yeah. Anyone who's got children will know. <laughs> yeah. Both having heard it and uttering it themselves like, oh, uh -huh. another fight. Like, oh, <laughs> another. <laughs> well, and even the sign, you know, that God does the burning of the bush that isn't consumed, like, it, that speaks to me, you know, where it's this, they're in the midst of suffering and it's like this thing engulfed in flames, but it's not being consumed. And it's one of those things where like this affliction and everything like that in itself is a sign. Like hmm. it seems like you're in the midst of this trouble, but you're not being consumed by the fire. Wow. That's really interesting. That's yeah. a great uh, picture, I think, to draw out of that. Like that because God hears, they're in affliction, they're suffering. Hmm. But they're not abandoned and they're not burned up right uh, so yeah i've never actually thought about the burning bush as a symbol of that yeah so that's really interesting yeah when i was reading it i thought that and then i went to well my brain actually went to rack shack and benny from the <laughs> from the veggie <laughs> yes. tales days like shadrach meshach and abednego also like being consumed by these fires but not consumed mm. you know and just this image of infliction normally what i do on the podcast is i go mm, and yes so that the listener knows that i'm in agreement but i'm just sitting here with a silly grin that's really cool theology that's great yeah, uh, yeah. <laughs> that's awesome wow yeah wow that's really helpful there's a reason why we're doing this podcast on a thursday afternoon the sermon is not finished <laughs> people listening to this will be like well i heard that 20 minutes ago alex just said that Wow, thanks, Nikki. That's awesome. Yes, I just parroted back what I heard in the sermon just 20 minutes ago. Ah, <laughs> that's a brilliant ah, idea. The Boss. time turner. Boss. That's, the time turner is coming into play here. That's so kind. Uh, God, it, it's just this is funny thing, you know, like I've heard this thing, and to the English ear, or American ear, it sounds like, uh, like he hadn't noticed, 
like he was doing mm-hmm. something else, but it doesn't mean that. Mm-hmm. It doesn't mean that God was unaware. Yeah. It's been it's been four hundred years they've been in slavery. Like that's a long time. Mm-hmm. And it's not that he's just now hearing this. Yeah. But he's heard it the whole time, but for some reason this is the time to act and to fulfill that promise. Yes. That's right. So there's a there's another facet here that suffering from our perspective is often a very long thing. It might not completely consume you. Um, but it's it's it is not to be sniffed at. This is extremely serious suffering that they're in. Long time uh, seems like a violation of the promise or a failure of the promise maker, and and then their cry. That's that's quite a you know you groaning visceral word. You say the word suffering appears a couple of times. Affliction appears. Uh, the word in verse seven taskmaster struck me mm-hmm. as being really significant. It's um, like so many Hebrew words. I think they've only got like three words in Hebrew. It means like 20 things. But um, something to do with military oppression, something to do with taxation, uh, and something to do with um, kind of keeping beasts of burden or or animals to work. Mm. So humans treated, overtaxed, treated, beaten up by a a superpower, and treated as animals to do labour. A very powerful image in the context of our wider discussion at the moment about um, American history and yeah. slavery. Mm-hmm. And no no wonder that the, the slaves in America looked to the Exodus. They looked to God's call for deliverance and they mm. wrote songs, they sang songs about that and that was their hope. Right. And reading this was a real live kind of waiting for the fulfillment of the promise. Uh, which many African Americans still are in a lot of ways, and that's that's part of what's going on in our world right now. They're waiting mm-hmm. for justice and um, for what they've been promised. And then God says, "Yeah, these humans who've been traded and branded and worked to death are my people." So yeah. God is is identifying with them. In a much more particular way than just oh, they're human, so that's wrong. He's saying, "Oh, they're in particular my people," mm-hmm. um, and so um, there's there's an apparent shame on God here. <laughs> now, these are my people, and they are suffering, especially suffering. So we've got that to unpack, if not today in this series, what it is for God to identify with suffering and how He does that, and you know, clue, it's Jesus, but. <laughs> That, that we have to get to as well. Um, but sticking with this particular text at the moment before we go there, uh, the God then sends Moses into the midst of this place. What on earth is going through Moses' head at this point? Yeah. He's, I, mean, I think we get to this in the next chapter, but he's pretty doubtful. He's pretty, he's trying to... Mm-hmm pass the buck and say there are, there are others, there are better people who can do this. Uh, I'm not eloquent in speech. Right. Uh, and God basically saying, no, I made your voice. I made your ears. I made your eyes. I'm going to use them. And yeah, uh, despite yourself. Uh, so Moses is here making excuses or, or trying to avoid the responsibility maybe. Yeah. But God is saying, nope, I've chosen you, I'm using you, I'm going to make it happen through you. 
Well, because this is a podcast, we can do what we like. Um, <laughs> chapter four, because you've just taken us there, <laughs> verses kind of 12, 13, 14, right? So Moses goes from initial disbelief, which is quite understandable, mm -hmm. right? Because Pharaoh is a god. God's people have been oppressed by Pharaoh for 400 years, or various pharaohs. Um, so go against a superpower, you bloke who works with sheep and liberate an entire slave nation, please. Yeah. So that's understandably something that would cause a degree of disbelief. Mm -hmm. But that evolves in verse four from disbelief to outright doubt. Um, you know, I don't speak very well. Uh, send someone else. And then, um, you know, God is all, all the time coaching him saying, look, I made you, I made your mouth in verse 11, 12. Um, I'm gonna send you. But then Moses' resistance actually at some point becomes ungodly. Yeah. Because it says in verse 14, the anger of the Lord was kindled against Moses. Um, and yet even in that, he gave him Aaron. And it was an act of mercy to yeah. give him a help. Yeah. Uh, in his anger. So, so just as we were talking earlier, how I'm, you're, you're, you're the Al to my Tim, the tall man, Taylor. <laughs> Are you the Aaron to me, Moses, who just speaks rubbish and occasionally you fix things? Is that how it is? Ben? I don't think so, Alex. <laughs> <laughs> That, that was a home improvement joke for those of you who are not fans of the show. We can just keep the metaphors to, to you two, though, with the, with the show. Oh, and yeah. The, the, that, you're my long suffering wife. Is that, is that a horrible uh, thought? Is it? No, or it not be that. Jonathan Taylor Thomas. No, the one on the show. Yeah. <laughs> the, 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 what's her, was Pam Anderson to begin oh, with? Uh, and, the, and the, the woman helper. Holly, maybe, or something like that uh, later. I don't know. I don't remember her. That's because she was a non-character. <laughs> oh, oh, I get it. Okay. Wow. So, back to the text. See, this is you can do these things on a podcast, whatever you like, right? Um, I see Moses here really in in some doubt, and that's completely understandable. Uh, I think it's funny. So God says, you know, I I will, and you can almost imagine going M Moses going like, yes, this is promised language, excellent. Yeah send you <laughs> yeah <laughs> have you experienced anything like that in your own walk with god a kind of high and a low a high suddenly become low or vice versa any, any kind of sending that's happened to you that you've wondered about maybe i'm sure the answer is yes yeah I'm yeah. failing to think of specific examples right now. Yeah, I think there must be loads. Um, I, I've certainly had what have I done? If um, I mean, I can remember like the first week in, in seminary, uh, we got this huge gas bill from our previous apartment that somehow had gone wrong and it was massive. And I'd just given up work because I didn't have an income. And I remember sitting on the bed saying, what have I done? Like. The signs that we were called to go to seminary were great. They were really clear and, and you know, supported by godly people. And, you know, we prayed about it. We've met about it. This is a long process and, you know, life change. And God had been with us the whole time and had been really faithful in all sorts of specific and incredible ways um, that could leave us without doubt. And then one gas bill and all of that godly stuff just went up in smoke. And I'm like, oh, what have I done? 
sort of, uh, I think mm. you can get that, how promises can be really easy to receive when everything is great. And the minute things get a bit difficult, well, they start to look a bit dodgy, those promises. Yeah. Maybe, have you had, have you had a promise go up in smoke? I have. <laughs> <laughs> I have, but I'm not going to necessarily share. You're not going to get into that on the internet. No, no, but I have, in fact. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, and and it's good that you can chuckle about it and allude to it, because uh, yeah. I know what you're talking about. <laughs> but real trauma has has come of broken promises. Yeah, yeah, but also, you know, real like not being consumed by the flames and having you know God's people really surround me in ways that like mm -hmm. you know. And knowing, like, oh, some of the promises, like, I get to try and raise children, you know, in an atmosphere that can seem really hard to raise them in a godly way and figuring it out and feeling unprepared and feeling, you know, like, I don't know if I have the knowledge or the things to be able to do this well. And yeah, they're like, you got this and have a whole group of people surrounding us to, you know, love us and care for us. So... Yeah, I mean, I regularly feel the same. Uh, you know, how am I going to fix this? What am I going to do? Kind of mm -hmm. thing. It is nice that uh, we're together mm -hmm. as a staff team, actually, yeah. or as friends. It's nice, isn't it? Like Moses and Aaron, it's nice to have a person, no matter how many promises you get from God, it's actually nice to have a person alongside you. Like Al Borland. Like, yeah, like, if you will. Like, like <laughs> Al. Always there, always faithful. Always bearded. Well, yes. Yeah. Were they from, were they from where you are? Are they from Michigan? Where are they from? Yeah, I, I think, think it's so. Detroit area. He's a Lions yeah. fan. Yeah. <laughs> Incredible. I, I find it fascinating and, and wonderful, too, that um, this is the first time in Scripture that God reveals his name to, to Moses and to God's people. And he says it's that uh, four-letter Hebrew name that we sometimes call Yahweh and he says I am who I am I I will yeah. be what I will be like there's it's hard to translate um, but it's this idea of God revealing his personal name his covenant name uh, all of himself he's revealing to Moses and that's attached to this promise in a way that has not been in any other promises before this um, so so somehow in this moment, God said, this is the time to reveal his name. So do you want to do some geekery? Let's do some mm -hmm. geekery. All right. So, you know, you know that the, the whatever, uh, Yahweh, Y-H-W-H, or what, Yod, Yod, Hey, Love, hey, 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 Yeah. Yeah. Um, I will be is, is like, Yahweh. It's just a tiny bit short of Yahweh. Mm -hmm. It's yeah. it's kind of the same word, yeah. but I will, well, of course it is. I am and I will be. It's it's just a, a different version of the same thing. So even that I will be with you is a reference to His own name, mm -hmm. and and so Moses there yeah. is not going alone. God's yeah. with him. God's sending him, and God's with him. And and this is where it gets a bit Jesus, because. Yeah. <laughs> Uh, we have Christ commissioning to us in that similar thing uh, and to the apostles, I'm going to send you. But then also the breathing of the Holy Spirit and the inhabiting of, of them, indwelling of them with the Holy Spirit. God sends us, Christ sends us, God is with him, God's with us. Yeah. So we're not alone when we go out to do these things. In fact, we're 
we're with God when we do these things. Mm -hmm. That's incredible. Geek more, right? The burning bush. This is just normal stuff, right? It's a normal field, whatever. Um, it's got to be a field because the sheep. So it's not dusty. Yeah. And there's a bush, and the and the and the bush burns. And God says to him, "What? Take off your sandals, because this is holy ground." Yeah. Well, it wasn't holy ground a minute ago. It mm -hmm. was just yeah. a shrub, and it becomes holy because God is there. Yeah. And so, if God is with Moses here, then then there's a sort of mobile temple going around. Yeah, mm -hmm. Moses is holy ground. Yeah. 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 You're not going into Egypt, Moses. Uh, God is going into Egypt. Yeah. And I, you know, sometimes I wonder what happened to the burning bush at, after that moment. <laughs> like, because God wasn't just, yeah. he didn't stay in the burning bush. Mm -hmm. Yeah. He went with Moses. Well, like, it's not there now. So it and, became right. normal bush again yeah, at some point. Yeah, right. And Moses wasn't burning. Uh you know, physically, but uh, but God being with him, his presence mm -hmm. went with him and yeah. uh, and went with the whole people as they as they came out of Egypt. So God is a is a mobile and active and, and moving God because he's with his people wherever they are. Mm. That's right. Bringing holiness into unholy places, mm. bringing deliverance from places of slavery and one can only just speculate at the sheer level of disappointment the Israelites must have had in God after 400 years. Yeah. Yeah. So he's on the move. He's sending Moses. He's with Moses. He's bringing holiness into unholiness, deliverance from oppression. And this is so focused on Christ. I think sometimes it can be hard to, like, wrap your head around these numbers you just read them it's like yeah. think of how many generations 400 years is yeah. like the united states hasn't been in existence for 400 years so like yeah <laughs> like how long that is yeah. really yeah it's almost almost half as old as my school that's right <laughs> 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 As young kids on the block. <laughs> the, the new building was opened 400 years ago. For real, we called it the new building. <laughs> uh, right. That's fantastic. Thank mm -hmm. you, Nikki. So we ended with numbers. We did. Oh, I, I'm glad I could help. <laughs> magnificent. Thoroughly enjoyed this. Thank you for joining us, the listener. Uh, there are 50 the listeners, which wow. is incredible. It's not just Jim. Numbers, numbers. <laughs> it's numbers, yeah. So thank you, you happy few, for joining us. We will see you again soon. We're nearly at level four. We're really excited about that. I'm sure we'll hear about that in the next week or so as well. Uh, the more we can see each other, the better. But thank you in these corona times for joining us online. God bless. This has been a podcast of Christchurch Fox Chapel. And in the words of Dame Vera Lynn, we'll meet again. God bless. <laughs>